Well, good morning and welcome from me as well. It's so good to have you join us. If we haven't met before, my name's Tom and I lead the team here at Hope Church. And as Esme said, it was so good to see so many of you at Church on the Farm over these last two Sundays. We had almost 400 of you over the two weeks, 400 people not behind screens, which was so, so precious. And I want to say thank you for those that came. Thank you for making it such a brilliant time. And to those who are either away or not feeling able to come at this time, I just want to say we really miss you. And we are praying for you and looking forward to seeing you again and praying that that won't be long. And uh, we really do understand that for some it just wasn't possible to come to that. So we're praying for you. We miss you. And it won't be long, we trust, before we're able to be together again as a church family. We're back online for the next few weeks, uh, Sundays online, and today is Vision Sunday, and I want to share with you three uh, key pieces of news uh, as a church that we, we just need to be aware of at this time. A number of you have been asking me, Tom, what's the plan with regards to in-person services on Sunday mornings? Uh, it's now been over two months since churches were allowed to uh, meet again, and obviously we're still online. So what is the plan, you might be wondering. Uh, we had a survey, we asked the church, would you come along to in-person services uh, if we were to have them again? And about half of the church responded in the survey, and of that half of the church, 80% said that they would return to in-person services. And so there may be many of you with that question, what is the plan of action? Well, I'm pleased to say that today... We are making a big announcement on that front. We are looking to work towards having services from November, two morning services um, beginning November the 9th. It's an aspiration of ours to work towards that. And I use that word carefully because we know that plans can change. And uh, you may have had plans over this summer that have had to change uh, because of the guidance changing. Plans may change, that means we have to shelve those plans or tweak them, but as things currently stand, we are working towards having two morning services from November the 9th onwards. And we uh, are giving that a couple of months because we want to make sure that we are planning to the minute details that it would be a safe uh, and an enjoyable experience for people who come along. We're also giving it a bit of time because we want to make sure that we plan an excellent live stream for those who have to remain at home. We want one of those services to be live streamed, so we want it to be an excellent experience for you uh, who may need to stay at home for the time being. So we're just giving it a bit of time. We also are aware that to get children's work and youth work off the ground, we're going to need some excellent planning on that front as well. As you may appreciate, that's going to be uh, just a little tricky to navigate, but we want to make sure that that happens and happens well. And... On that note, we have this week appointed a new Hope Kids team leader, and that person is Dan Howard. Now, Dan has been part of our church family for a couple of years or so now, and in that time, he's been a much-loved member of the Hope Kids team, and we're really thrilled that he's coming on board three days a week to lead our Hope Kids ministry, and I just want to ask you to pray for him. It's going to be a hard task to lead such a ministry uh, at any time of the year. It's a, it's a wonderful ministry, um, but it's hard work. And we just want to be praying for him because it's not only a big task to take on, but in the midst of a global pandemic, it's an even bigger task. And so we want to pray that God's grace would be on that man as he takes that ministry forward. Now, I promised you three pieces of news. And the third piece of news is concerning our building project. Those of you who 
have passed the building this week, um, perhaps by car or when you've been in town, you may have noticed that there is some scaffolding up around the building. And that is because on Tuesday this week, there is going to be signage put up on the centre, which is really exciting. Because on one side of the building, the word hope is going to be uh, erected. And it's going to be, the letters are going to be face lit, lighting up in the night sky. And the letters are bigger than me, uh, which is so amazing. And on the front of the building, it's going to say the Hope Centre. And we are so excited that in what is a very dark time for our nation and for our town and the people around here, it's a very dark time. We are believing that as people see this word hope, that they might be just caused to question once more, is there something beyond what I know in my life? Is there something beyond the physical? Is there hope beyond this world? Is there hope in this Jesus who this church seemed to be really passionate about? So we're really excited that that is happening this week. Do pray for the project. The next few months are very uh, key, really. Lots is going to be happening over these next few months. And next Sunday, we're going to be uh, giving a little bit more information about um, what, that, what that is going to entail, but also how much more money we're going to need to, need to raise and how we're going to do that. So do make sure you tune in next week for uh, information about that. So as I said, we're, we're online. Sunday's online for the next few weeks. Let me urge you and encourage you to go for it, to not just kind of uh, just sling the TV on without preparing your hearts first. We really do want to urge you and encourage you that... Whilst we would much prefer to be together, back to uh, normality as it were, this is what we have right now. And we, we believe that God is going to encourage people deeply as we prepare our hearts before we start these services, as we, as we say to God, I want to meet with you today, as we pray with our households or our families. We do believe that these are going to be significant times, even though it's not what we would want, even though this isn't the experience that we would want we believe God is going to work in hearts. And we so need the encouragement of God's word at this time. We are bombarded with bad news every day, with doom and gloom, with fear a lot of the time. It's right to be cautious. I understand that absolutely. But it's wrong for a Christian to live in perpetual fear. And therefore, we need to be encouraged by God's word on a daily basis. So today we are in the book of Luke, we're returning to our series uh, in the Gospel of Luke, which we've been working through as a church over these last uh, few months, and we still have a few more months to go in it. It's been so good to look at the life of Jesus and his teaching together. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 today, if you have a Bible with you. But before we uh, get into today's word, I want to ask you a question. I wonder if you have ever experienced something that was so good that you you didn't really want to tell people about it because you just wanted to keep it to yourself. We had an experience like that recently, my wife Sarah and I and our family. We, over this summer, as many of you uh, will have experienced, we had to change our holiday plans quite last minute, and we ended up looking for places where we could take our children swimming, little day trips here and there, and we, we love swimming as a family, and it's rare that I will go to the beach without ending up in the sea for half an hour. And as a family, we love to swim together. And uh, we just could not find a swimming pool anywhere that was open, and the ones that were open weren't accepting children uh, of our, our family, uh, of our children's age, and, and some of them were just lane swimming only. But then recently we found a pool that's a little bit out of the way, it's brand new, and you can have a couple of hours in there, and it's pretty much, no one else knows about it, and it's a really reasonable price. And we were having a swim recently, and my wife Sarah said to me, I don't want to tell anyone else about this swimming pool, because it's so good, I don't want anyone else to know about it and come and crowd it out and ruin it. 
Now, I wonder if that was what the disciples thought sometimes. I wonder, as they kind of sat around the campfire with Jesus, if they thought to themselves, I just love this so much. I don't really want this to go further than this. I don't really want others to get a piece of Jesus because we're always with him. It's amazing. But if, if more people get to know him, we're going to get less time with him. They had Jesus on tap for any question that they may have had. I was once offered a job uh, working for a church, and I would have been working alongside a really uh, amazing theologian. And in the job offer, I was, said, I was told, you can have this theologian on tap whenever you want him. And this, these guys had Jesus on tap. Any question they had, they could have asked him. Anytime they had an ailment or an injury, they could have said, Jesus, would you just lay your hands on me and heal me? They had him on tap. And I wonder if at times they thought to themselves, shall we just keep it like this? In fact, we see a little bit of this when Jesus goes up the mountain and meets with uh, Moses and Elijah, these heroes of the Jewish faith that have been dead for hundreds of years. And he takes Peter and James and John with him up the mountain and they see Jesus kind of transfigured in radiant glory. And afterwards, Peter says, should we just, should we just make a campsite here, Jesus? Can we just stay here? This is amazing. We just want to hang out with you. We can just hang out this mountain. And in this chapter today, we're going to see Jesus just poking the nest a bit, sending his disciples out. In fact, he's seemingly got a group of more than the 12. He's got a larger group. And in this story today, he's, he's sending his disciples out on mission. So we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 10. We're going to read the first few verses of Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves." Jesus then gives his disciples more specific instructions. He tells them not to pack a bag. He's there to trust God's provision as they go. And then we can pick up again in verse 8. And Jesus says, Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. So he gives them instructions about what they are to do and the kind of things that they are to say and to proclaim. And then in the following verses, which we won't read right now, but I'd encourage you to read at home later on, he gives some warnings and says, people are going to reject the message and it will be bad for those towns that they would reject me. It's going to be really bad for them. And we're going to pick up a little bit later on in verse 17. But I want to pull out four things from these verses that we've just read today. I want to pull out four things that uh, struck me as I reflected on this passage. And the first one is this. The good news of the kingdom of God is too good to be kept to ourselves. It's too good to keep to ourselves. The community that these disciples would have been in must have been incredible. It would have been very intimate and, as I've already said, an absolute joy to be a part of. But it was too good to be contained. Jesus had come that people from all over his nation and indeed all over every nation would come to know him as their saviour. And 
that he would have a people from every nation enter into his everlasting, unshakable kingdom. That was why he came. This was his mission, and it still is Jesus' mission. Jesus has a mission, a mission to grow a huge family from right across the world, and this is the church's mission too. We don't set our own agenda We don't try and do things our own way. No, we simply get on board with the mission of Jesus, that his kingship and his kingdom would be proclaimed the world over. And in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, Jesus said to his disciples, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And listen, at the moment, I know that some people are frantically searching the scriptures trying to uh, kind of match up current day events with what they see in places like Revelation and the book of Daniel and trying to say, well, well, that is that and this person is this person. And I just want to say, friends, that you, have, you have missed the point if that is what you are trying to do. Jesus has said very clearly, the good news of the kingdom of God must go out to all of the world. This is our priority and then the end will come. We didn't speculate about, are we entering into the very last days here? Well, the last days began, friends, when Jesus ascended to heaven. We are in the last days. Of course we are. But these last days have been going on for 2,000 years. And our mission is to take the gospel to the nations of the world. And then the end will come. This is a story that we're living in. And the end goal is that the gospel will go to every nation. There will be a glorious people from every nation. A glorious church in every nation. And then Jesus will come back and he will make all things new. A new creation There'll be joy with him for eternity. And God has no intention of stopping until these last days come to an end and Jesus comes again to introduce a new phase in the history of his people. This good news is news of a king and his kingdom, and it must go forth. It's too good to keep to ourselves. This is good news of a king who is glorious and gracious and all-powerful And yet he stepped into the world, that he came and was made lowly, that he grew up as a child in relative poverty. And that as he grew older, he freed those who were oppressed. He showed compassion on the lowly and despised. And then he allowed himself. Listen, he, no one took his life away from it. He, he laid it down willingly. He allowed himself to be trialed and mocked and whipped and beaten and then brutally executed on a cross. And the Bible teaches us that this was so that we could be forgiven. His punishment should have, our punishment is what he took upon himself. His punishment should have been our punishment. This is a king who did this for his people. It's good news of a king and it's good news of a kingdom where there's healing and forgiveness and chains broken off and provision and righteousness and peace and joy. And it's too good to keep to ourselves. It must go forth. It will go forth. And this is why our vision statement is not we are building a cozy club here in Ipswich. It's why our vision statement is making Jesus famous in Ipswich and the nations. We want to proclaim this king. We want to proclaim this king, Jesus, here in Ipswich and to the nations. We exist for the salvation and the ultimate good of our non-members, of our not yet members. In all we do, in all of our initiatives, in all of our ministries, and in the refurbishment of this massive building in the centre of Ipswich, all of this is for the benefit of our non-members, for those who we trust will come to know Jesus. We exist to point people to him. 
We exist to point people to his sufficiency and his goodness, and we get caught up in his mission. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. We're not here for any other purpose than to point people to Jesus. This, this church exists to call people who are far and wide. There's a king who loves you, who gave himself for you, and there's a kingdom that you can enter through faith in him. And news of this kingdom must go forth. Every Christian is called to have an outward-looking lifestyle and to seek to spread the news of this king and his kingdom wherever we go. Even if we remain in one town for the whole of our lives, we can be on mission. Some will go to different towns and cities and nations, but even those who stay are not called to be stationary. Jesus, who for, t- for times would spend you know, long periods in certain towns, he was never stationary. He was inviting all who would listen to come into his kingdom. So this is too good to keep to ourselves. And the second thing that I notice is this. The spread of the good news of the kingdom of God requires earnest prayer. Before they are sent out, what does Jesus say to them? He says this, pray. Before he teaches them what to do, he teaches them to pray. Prayer is one of the best and most powerful ways to help the cause of Jesus in the world. It is within the reach of all of us who have the spirit of adoption. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you've been given the Holy Spirit, and He is the Spirit of adoption. That means you are adopted into God's family. That means that you are His and He is yours. It means that you have your name written in heaven. I don't know about you, but it's a joy when you go to a restaurant and there's a queue of people wanting to get in. And you walk straight to the front of the, of the queue and you say to the person, I've got a reservation at 8 p.m. And you get let straight in. It's a joy to say, my name is on the list. And listen, we have our names written in heaven. That's what Jesus says later on in this passage. We have our names written in heaven. We are known in heaven and we have a right to come before our Father in prayer. We have a right to come before him with confidence. Not a right that we've earned. It's a free gift that's been given to us. And so... Because our names are written in heaven, because we have been adopted, we can pray. We can come to God and earnestly ask him for all that we need in the cause of the kingdom. We can bang on his door and we can ask. We can come with great prayers and requests before him. We can ask for the success, the success of the mission that we're on. Not all believers have great money to give to the church and to mission. Not all believers have you know, stunning intellect so that they can debate with the, the very best minds in, in atheism or whatever it might be. Not all of us uh, have uh, influence amongst people or great uh, powerful uh, people that we can uh, bring to know Jesus. No, but all of us have the spirit of adoption within that we might call upon God as our Father and ask him for great things. Let us be a praying church increasingly. Let us grow in prayer. Let it be said of us that over this pandemic, that over this lockdown, social distancing time, that we grew in prayer. All of us have had our, our lockdown projects over this time. Some of you have been building things. Some of you have been redecorating your house. Some of you have been learning new skills. I learned, picked up my guitar again and learned some songs that I've been longing to learn for years. And yet I want to pray that the biggest learning thing for us as a church in this whole period will be that we learn to pray. 
whether we could get out of our houses and get to a meeting or not, whether we were simply on a sofa joining a live stream and earnestly praying in our living room, let, us be, let it be our story when we look back in a year's time and we look back to this dark period where there was so much fear and uncertainty, we'd say, we learned to pray as a church. We learned to go after God in prayer. Let it be our story, Hope Church. Let it be our story. As we go after God in these prayer meetings over these next three Sunday evenings, things are going to happen because we prayed. Things are going to change because we prayed. We're going to pray for our own hearts. We're going to pray, God, revive our hearts, just as we were singing at the end of the worship time. We're going to pray, God, would you awaken your people? Would you awaken this town? Would you soften hearts so that they might be receptive to who you are? We're going to pray that we would wake up as Christians, that we wouldn't be sleepy, that we would, like Paul says in Romans 13, be aware that the night is nearly over and that the day is almost here. And he says this, so put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's what we're going to pray for. We're praying these kinds of prayers tonight and over these coming Sundays. Let us be a people of prayer. And thirdly, what I've picked up is that the good news of the kingdom will be resisted and rejected. Jesus warns them that they will be in trouble at times. He says, I'm sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. And I've said before that as a family, we love to watch nature programs, things like Planet Earth and Blue Planet. We love to watch these things. We love watching uh, a predator hunt its prey. It's so exciting to watch. And the other day we were watching one where a wolf was hunting this baby caribou and the hunt went on for minutes and it was so intense and dramatic. And finally it got its prey. And my children, they have this this top trumps game. They, they, they picked it up in a Happy Meal at McDonald's and it's got different animals on it. And I think it's a bit more sophisticated than the way they play it, but they simply have the card in their hand and they work out whether their animal would be able to eat the other person's animal. And if they, will, if they do, then they'll be able to win the other person's card. That's quite a basic game. They love it. And I'm asked all of the time, Dad, would a, would a killer whale be able to eat a great white shark? And I'm, most of the time, I'm just blagging it. I've got no idea. But listen, if they were to ask me, Dad, would a wolf eat a lamb? It's a no-brainer. I don't need to blag it there. This is a dangerous mission. He is not allowing his disciples to be unaware. He's not kind of buttering them up. He's saying, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. The message of the good news of the kingdom of God will receive opposition and in places it will be rejected completely and sometimes even violently. Jesus is not enlisting us under false pretenses. He's not prophesying a smooth ride. He's not promising unwavering success. He tells them plainly what they must expect, that they're going to be at times like lambs among wolves. And this is why he sends them not only with prayer as their weapon, but he also sends them off in pairs. They're not to do this in isolation. They are not to be on their own in this. And I want to appeal to you from my heart and say, please, if you're watching this and you've got faith in Jesus, please do not do this in isolation. Do not head out into this life in isolation. Do not go about this Christian walk in isolation. It's not what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to be in community. He wants you to know people well, and he wants people to know you well. And he wants you to be vulnerable and open with people. And he wants people to be open and vulnerable with you. He wants us to be in community. We need to have brothers and sisters around us who have got our back. 
We're not in a neutral environment ever. In the Second World War, there were countries which were neutral. And you could walk around in those countries, regardless of your nationality or background or political allegiance, and it was neutral. You're okay. There's no neutral ground here. We're always in a war zone. We have an enemy called Satan who hates us and wants to oppose the advance of the good news of the kingdom of Jesus. We will be resisted. The message will be opposed. And so we go together. We fish in teams. We, we work together. We are in community. And life groups are a start for you. They will not do it all for you. You will need to show up. You will need to be vulnerable. You will need to invite people into your life and invite yourself in as well. You will need to work hard at this. But it will be for your good. It will be for your good and others' good. You need to push into real, genuine community. No one can do that for you. It requires courage. It requires courage, and you can pray for that. It requires vulnerability, and it requires resisting comfort and the comfort of just being by yourself. Don't go it alone, because the message of the kingdom of God will be resisted. Don't go it alone, because as you go in team, your message will be all the more powerful. Just by way of illustration, a few weeks ago, myself and Dan Howard, who I mentioned earlier, we were taking some copper from the new church building to the metal recycling place. And we did several trips over the course of the day. Um, it worked out really well for us as a church because copper's pretty valuable right now. But over the course of the day with our Hope Church high-vis jackets on, we had conversations with the guys who work there. And this guy was asking us, hey, do you... Are you just contractors? And I just said, no, actually, I lead the church. Dan's interning with us at the moment. And we had a good conversation. And this guy said uh, to us, and it was an intriguing question. He said, do you think anyone is too far gone to be able to go to church? And I said, well, funny you should ask that because just a few minutes ago, myself and Dan were talking about our life stories and Dan was sharing with me how much of a mess his life was a few years ago and how Jesus has reached in and forgiven him and turned him around. And I was able to share that actually a load of the Bible was written by a guy who used to murder Christians and that was what he did with his life. And God turned him around. And we had this amazing conversation. We were able to go back later on, share some more with him and give him a little booklet and our contact details. But we were able together to share our testimonies. And, and it, it both, uh, both of them complemented each other in order to reach this man with the good news. So we go in team. The gospel will be rejected, but we learn to go in team. And God gives us opportunities. And finally, fourthly, where the good news of the kingdom is received there'll be much joy. Let's read a little further into this passage. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So these disciples are understandably thrilled. They've seen miracles happening on their travels. They're rejoicing that the kingdom of God has come to people where they've gone. And Jesus detects something within them, though, that is looking a bit like pride. 
There's a bit of a self-satisfaction here, a self-congratulation going on here. And he cautions them, he warns them, don't get puffed up with success. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, he says. Christians are in danger of getting puffed up with success. And often the same hearts that are depressed when things are not going well and when things seem to go against them, they are the the very ones that feel very self-satisfied when things are going well in the day of prosperity. And Jesus says, hey, watch out for pride. Watch out. Don't get proud of what you've done in my name. Instead, rejoice that your names are written in heaven, in what Paul would call the book of life in Philippians chapter 4. Your names are written in the book of life. There's reason for rejoicing, but it's not because you've done something great. There's reason for rejoicing, but it's not because people are speaking well of you. He's saying, I want you to rejoice more because I've saved you, because I've reached into your life and I've turned you around, because you are known in heaven because of what I've done, because of God's good pleasure towards you. So where do we go from here? I I want to encourage us now more than ever, as we've been reading today, to go with the message of the kingdom of God, to go and make Jesus famous in Ipswich and in the nations. And maybe for some of you, that is something very daunting. Maybe you think, I've never shared my faith before. I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, let me encourage you, there's a couple of life groups that we're doing this term called Take a Step. And this is a little bit like Couch to 5K, where you just take small steps in order to get to be able to run that distance. In this course, we're going to do one in person and one online. You have the opportunity to grow in courage. It starts with simply just learning to smile at people and making eye contact and just building in terms of how you can then go and share the good news of Jesus. Why don't you look at signing up to one of those groups this term? That will be so, so good for you. I want to encourage us to grow in prayer, as I already have urged us, to be uh, involved with the prayer nights that we have coming up, whether that's in person here at the Orwell Centre or whether it's joining in with the live stream. Let's get praying. Let's get praying for a massive harvest here in Ipswich. Let's go with good news. Let's, Let's take the kingdom of God wherever we are scattered Let's pray for the sick. Let's see people healed in the name of Jesus. Let's announce to people that there is a king who has gone to great measures to save them and win them. He loves them. Let's be those that take the name of Jesus wherever we go. And just as we see at the very end of this passage, Jesus says something really quite incredible. He says to his disciples privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Jesus is saying, hey, there was prophets and kings in the Old Testament that saw me do incredible things. Moses that saw me free people from, saw God free people from slavery in Egypt, that saw God... uh, bring plagues about on their enemies. That saw God do incredible things. There's people like David who saw God help him defeat Goliath, this giant. And Jesus says, what you see is even better. Blessed are you who see me. And Jesus is 
saying to you today, if you don't know him, if you're maybe watching on and well done for sticking with us, but if you're watching on, you don't know this Jesus, he is far better than anything else you've seen. You may have seen some great things in this life. You may have known great friendship, great romance. You might have known great travel, great experiences. You've not seen anything if you've not seen Jesus. He is far better. And blessed are the eyes that see him. And I want to pray right now that God will reveal Jesus, his son, to you. Even as we pray that you might see Jesus for who he is, maybe for the first time. And I want to pray for us as a church. Let's maybe where you are, just bow your head in prayer. We're going to expect that God's going to minister to us right now as we pray. Father God, I ask you that you would reveal Jesus to those who are watching right now who don't yet know you. That they would understand who he is and what he's done. And that they would come to know him as their Lord, as their friend, as their king, as their savior. And I pray for all who are watching those that know you already, I pray that we would be those that make Jesus famous. That we would be leaders who take initiative and serve and influence. That would be those who love our town radically. That would be those that take the gospel of this good news to anyone who will listen. Help us to go with the good news of the kingdom this week and in the weeks to come. I pray that we would see you do incredible things, even in this strange time of this pandemic. Let us see you do incredible things through us as a church, in Jesus' name. We look forward to a glorious future with you. But Lord, in the meantime, we are looking forward to the expansion of your kingdom more and more in this area and into the nations, through us as a church. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.